right, you guys, welcome back to another episode of That's My Personal Business. I am super excited for today's episode. Today, we are talking to Casey Crow. Casey is a mom, a wedding photographer, and a creative entrepreneur. And after seven years, over seven years, of working in PR and marketing for brands like Victoria's Secret, Birchbox, and Estee Lauder, she took her six-month-old wedding photography business full-time and never looked back. Casey has been making her own rules since 1987 and loves helping aspiring entrepreneurs pack push past their limiting beliefs and put their dreams into action. I love chatting with you, Casey, because I feel like every time I talk to you, you are taking on another huge project. Like you are (laughs) the most go-getter person I have ever met in my entire life. I feel like you're constantly leveling up. So I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I would love for you to tell us just a little bit more about yourself and your business. Um, obviously that introduction kind of gives us like a summary of how you got started, but I'd love to hear more about your journey and kind of where you started and how that's brought you to now. Yes. Um, so I always struggle with like the beginning intros of podcasts. Cause I'm like, how, where do I start? Do they want to yeah. hear all of it? So much to cover. <laughs> so much to cover. <laughs> Um, but let's, so I kind of want to start my, so in 2015, I left my job at Victoria's Secret, which was like my dream job. Like I worked so hard to get that job and I loved it for so long. And then I started to realize how toxic the culture really was and how much it was Mm -hmm. weighing on me. And then I had an incident with, um, the CMO Ed Razik on a photo shoot where he publicly fat shamed me at five foot 10 and 140 pounds. Oh my gosh. And it was, it's, it's hard because that wasn't even like, that wasn't even the reason that I left. It's like Mm -hmm. the start of the reason of why I left, but his behavior was so normalized that I kind of was just like, well, that was my day to like get abused basically. Cause everyone on my team took shit from him. Yeah. Just Um, so toxic. And, but the real kicker was when I tried to, um, report it, when I tried to bring it up with leadership and I was just met with like, like literal laughter. Um, and so it was then I was like, okay, I'm obviously not valued or respected as a human being here. So I quit without another job. That was my first. And so I quit without another job. I had been in interviews with a bunch of other companies. Um, at the time I was in third and fourth round. So I was like pretty certain that I would land one of those anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the interview stalled. I actually had one interview with another um, Estee Lauder brand where they were like, great, like, when can you start? And I was like, I can actually start tomorrow because I already quit my other job. And they were like, oh, why? And in the moment, all I could do was tell the truth. Like it was like this yeah. moment where I, like I had, like, I don't like to make up lies and I knew I was going to sound like I was lying. So I was just like, well, I was verbally harassed by an executive and I didn't want to be part of that work environment anymore. And so I left without, you know, I, I resigned already. Um, and the woman looked at me and she was like, I'll be right back. Oh my God. Left the room, obviously went and went to talk to somebody and she came back and she was like, we're no longer pursuing you as a candidate. And I was like, oh my goodness, man, like, obviously I can't tell the truth of what happened to me in any of these interviews because, and that was just like this moment where I was like, crap. And so that job obviously went away. And then I was like, I had to kind of come up with this weird, awkward story that I hated telling to other jobs. But anyway, so in the meantime, I had two really amazing, um, older and wiser friends and mentors who were just like, you should just do your own thing. Like you're so, and this was in 2015. So I basically tried to be a social media manager in 2015 before anybody else was doing it. And I was kind of like a little bit too early. People were like, social media doesn't matter. So yeah, social media. Oh my gosh. It's so weird to think about how far (laughs) it's come in five years. I'm like, yeah, it was non-existent almost. It's huge. Like I had to, when I was at Victoria's Secret, I was on the public relations team and I fought so hard 
specifically for the events that the PR team was doing, I was like, we will not promote our events on Instagram with a phone photo. We pay professional photographers. Like, why are we posting iPhone photos to Victoria's Secret's official Instagram page? That's bananas. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of, I really wanted to get into the social media space anyway. I was like, you know, I loved doing PR, but it is a very like repetitive and I really wanted to explore this kind of like new marketing front social media. Um, and so I kind of start, I tried to be an entrepreneur one time or that was my first, that was kind of my first go at it. And I just, um, I got too scared. I got a job offer, um, with Birchbox, which I do not regret taking. It's easily the best job I've ever had and the best company I've ever worked for. But I got, I was just like, okay, here's a really like shiny, beautiful, awesome job that just landed in my lap. And so I was like, scrap this. I'm going to go and work again. Um, and then, so I was at Birchbox for not even a year when my husband and I decided that he would take a job in Washington, DC. Mm-hmm. We just like wanted a fresh new scene from New York city. Um, and then I started a job at another really toxic company. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> it, Not the it, move. It, yeah. And it was like, um, at that point I could, like I could see it all. Like I knew it was happening. I didn't have to like learn that it was happening because Mm -hmm. I had already been through that. I knew it wasn't normal because I had super toxic culture of Victoria's Secret that I had, I worked for like a great company. So it wasn't like the only culture I've ever known. Yeah. Um, So you knew that it was unacceptable, like right out the get go, which is sad, but great that you could recognize it. I pretty much knew, I knew that I had to find a way out of that job within like the first two weeks. And normally I'm somebody who's like, you, you have to give a job at least 90 days. And I was just like, this place is a disaster. However, the saving grace in that job was the, was my team, was the people that I worked with. Um, my direct boss who like became like one of my best friends and the super talented group of people that we, that, um, I worked with on the team, pretty much all of them were gone within six months. It was crazy. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Um, anyway, so I, I was, so when I started that job, I was also very newly pregnant. I pretty much found out that I was pregnant, like as soon as we moved to DC. Um, so I was like pregnant. I couldn't tell any of the people like at work because I didn't know them. And like, oh my God, I was so sick and tired and I had such bad headaches. So I was just like miserable. It like, I was happy I was pregnant, but I was so like miserable physically. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I wound up miscarrying that pregnancy and that kind of, that really just stripped me down in grief. And I just, it buried me for a really long time. Yeah. Um, and I think it was probably around like mid June, I read an article. I was obsessed with reading, like none of my friends had miscarriages. I was the first one at that point. Now some of my friends have had them, but, um, at that point I was the first one I had no one to talk to. And so I just obsessively read other people's stories. And I read this one article about a woman who found, um, relief in an art form. So she started taking a pottery class where like she could, think about something else besides her grief. And so I was like, I've always loved taking photos. Um, and at that point, I, I think I probably had in like 2016, we're talking about, I probably had around 5,000 Instagram followers just from like posting photos about my life and stuff. So I was like, I really love taking photos, editing photos. Um, let me see if there's like a summer photography course where I could learn how to use my DSLR that's collecting dust on my shelf. Um, and so I did that. I found a super cheap photography class. It was like $200 for three months. Okay. Amazing. Went, for three months. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> so it was, it was once a week. Uh, I was so nervous. Uh, and it was right around the block from where I lived. I could walk there after like I would park at home, walk to the class and then walk home um, after class. And so I remember being worried, like, is this like, am I even going to learn anything? But I wound up getting this incredible, passionate, 
guy who literally knows everything there has ever been to know about photography and cameras. And it's just like, he's like a walking like photography encyclopedia. And I just like leaned so hard into his enthusiasm for the craft. And I learned so quickly and I took every single class that he offered for the next like year and a half. Um, and after that three months, I, it's funny actually, um, now that I'm thinking about it. So my sister's best friend from college was getting married and I was like, Hey, I'm like interested in maybe trying portrait photography. Can I come shoot your rehearsal dinner for free? And my sister's friend, um, her name is Meredith. She loves photos. And she was, she was like, yes, of course. Duh. Um, and I actually just shot, um, she hired me to shoot her maternity, um, photos, which I just shot over the weekend. Oh, so um, fun. And- and that was kind of it. I, I photographed people and I was like, holy crap, people get paid to do this. I want to do this. This is oh, so fun. The best feeling. That was like, yeah. I think one of the best feelings in my career is when you're like, oh my gosh, I can earn a living <laughs> doing the happiest thing. Seriously. And like a couple, a couple at that rehearsal dinner hired me for their wedding like a year and a half later. Um, as well. So that was like my, that, that was like the spark. And then it was just like, I worked so hard for six months. I shot as like, I, whenever I say this, it always sounds funny. I don't know if it sounds funny to you, but like I shot everyone I could find. Yep. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I photographed no, 100%. everyone. Yep. I photographed everyone that I could find. And just to get work in my portfolio, to get practice, to know how to shoot people, to know how to use light. And I just, I think one of the reasons that my business has grown quickly in in the eyes of people who aren't in it like I am is that I I never, I have a commitment to learn all the time. I'm never, um, I'm never just sitting around, you know, happy with my craft. I always want to learn more and I always want to push myself. And I think I pushed myself so hard for those six months um, that I was able to leave my corporate job like almost exactly six months later. Oh, I love that. I love that. And, and like, that was like, maybe it was probably, I think it was two months. Actually, let's tell the story. So in 2017, I flew myself from Washington, DC to Salt Lake city, Utah to attend Eden's workshop. Oh my gosh. Yes. Which I'm pretty sure was my first workshop. I'm like, now I'm going to say, I think it was was my first workshop. Yeah. And on, on our trip home, on our flight home from that workshop, I looked at my husband and I was like, I am leaving Blue Mercury, the job I was working at. I'm leaving Blue Mercury in two months. Exactly. And I, and I did, I left May 15th of 2017. I resigned from my job there. Um, but that really, that workshop was so pivotal for me because like, I saw that you were doing it. I was able to connect with other photographers who were doing it. Um, and I just learned so much from that workshop. It was crazy. It was, and it was so fun. Oh, that makes me so happy. I like sometimes forget that's how we meet and it makes me so happy. (laughs) It seems like so long ago. Oh my Uh goodness. It seems crazy. So I love that. So you start your business and I want to hear, cause you, again, you are one of the most go-getting people I've ever met in my entire life. Not even just in this industry. I just think you push yourself constantly in an industry where I think a lot of people like getting comfortable. I think that Mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest things in our industry that I see is that people get really comfy with a successful business and then they stop pushing themselves, um, which is fine, right? Like if that's what you're going for, but you just constantly raise the bar. Um, and I love seeing like everything you keep pushing on. So I'd love to know, again, like kind of like the whole thing with this podcast is I'd love to know how your personal life and your business have influenced each other. Like, are these huge leveling ups responses to things that are happening to you personally? Like how has your personal life really influenced these big and dramatic business changes that you've made over the years? Oh, yeah. Which is a a broad, it's a broad, heavy one. (laughs) I think, um, I think personally, 
I'm going to like kind of bop all over the place, but I think first off personally for me, uh, I kind of always knew I would have my own business. Um, I really like to work. I love working. I always Mm -hmm. worked two jobs in high school. Um, but I really, I need the freedom to kind of like just work and go down this random path and explore this. And so obviously that's really hard in a corporation. And so, um, I kind of always knew I would work for myself. So I think personally, just um, checking in with myself and like knowing that I am not my best self if I have to report into somebody or into like a corporation that's going to shove me into a box. So I think that's, that's number one. Um, And then like, so last year was kind of crazy. So last year I blocked off six months for maternity leave. I said no weddings. Um, I shot like a couple of things here and there that kind of popped up, but I really wanted, because I had waited so long to get pregnant and become a mom, I just wanted those six months and I wanted to protect them fiercely. Mm -hmm. But then what I did in the bottom half of last year is I did my normal wedding year in like five months. So I shot 18 weddings in five months and it almost killed me. Yeah. And I literally almost quit. I like after, um, like, and like the holidays last year, like my daughter's birthday is December 22nd. I shot my last wedding, December 28th. I was so flipping wiped out by the end of 2019 that like, I had to do a really big evaluation. I actually like turned away weddings. (laughs) It's kind of funny. It's so fun. The universe is a really funny thing. So I think like, so I actually decided to start turning weddings away um, Mm -hmm. in December. And so I referred out all of my weddings, December and January, February. And then I was kind of like, you know what? I do miss it. So like, how do I, how do I find balance where I'm not overwhelming myself? So I was like, okay, I'm going to take eight to 10 weddings this year max. And so right in early March is when I started taking inquiries again. And obviously everyone knows what happened in mid-March. Um, so it weirdly kind of worked out where this year, um, I, I plan to take a financial hit in my business. So I kind of like scaled back on, on, you know, how I spend my money in my business and personally, just cause I was bracing for that financial impact. Cause obviously taking on half of your weddings. Um, and I didn't want to increase, I really like my price point, um, and the clients that I get. And I, I didn't want to make a crazy pricing jump to like make up for the 10, the 10 weddings I wasn't going to take. Um, and So, I mean that, and the other thing with last fall is like, I missed so much time with my daughter in like my favorite season. Like we literally went to a pumpkin patch, like for one hour on a Sunday. And that's all I remember about the fall with my daughter. (laughs) Oh, that's so hard. And like, granted, like I love her, like she is, but like babies are pretty boring. So like she was cute and whatever, but like this fall will be like way more fun because she's like talking and running around and it's literally so magical and so fun. Um, so I'm glad that I learned that lesson last fall instead of this fall. Um, mm-hmm. not that it would have mattered cause you know, global pandemic and whatnot, but yeah, something so- super casual happened. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a big personal decision for me. And then here's the other thing that's kind of happened with, um, with COVID is that obviously in mid-March, I lost my childcare my daycare. Mm -hmm. Um, and we don't live near any family. We didn't see my family for like three months, just like everyone else. Um, so we had no childcare help. My husband works full time. Thank God. He like had a job, kept a job. Mm -hmm. Um, and so obviously I, I had so many plans and so many things in the works. I was literally about to launch a podcast on like March 23rd. Uh, and it just all came to a screeching halt. Just, I mean, the entire world did, right. It's not just me. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and so obviously that was a big personal thing with personal. Yeah. That's world, a big global. shift. Yeah. A but huge no shift. daycare. No daycare is really tough. Um, and then, <sighs> And I think a lot of moms can relate to this, like, especially like right now, like there's a lot of like back and forth. So 
Um, our county schools said they were going to open. Now they're not. And so my daycare was like, okay, we'll open. And now my daycare is like very like officially closed indefinitely. And mm -hmm. so I just launched, <laughs> it's kind of good, like very real candid timing. You know, I just launched a website. I just uh, started advertising private coaching, um, which I was so excited about. Amazing. But now I, yeah. now I kind of have to reevaluate if I don't have childcare. Like I can't, I, what I, what I would want to offer to a one-to-one -one private coaching client is like my full energy and heart. And I definitely cannot sustain, uh, sustain that, that kind of work if I don't have dependable childcare. And so I'm kind of at another personal pivot moment right now where I'm kind of like, okay, like yet again, this project that I really was ready to pursue and was so excited about has to take a back seat and I need to pivot again and figure, figure out something else. Um, so now I'm kind of exploring the idea of doing more courses in the oh, fall. Yeah. Like online education and online education. Um, I launched an Instagram course that did okay. Um, I didn't lose money on it. <laughs> and that's always amazing. Yeah. Um, but I think like, and I think this is probably true for a lot of people this year. Like, um, it's just been a lot of trial and error for me to figure out what the heck my life is going to look like. Um, and I'm sure this is super valid for anyone who's in the wedding and event industry too. Yeah. It's like, I only have, I have two weddings that are hanging in there that are all outside. And I had an elopement a couple weeks ago, but other than that, all my weddings are pushed over to 2021. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely <laughs> turned the wedding industry, the wedding industry. I've tried to explain it to people that are outside the industry, but I'm like, this will affect like say COVID was fixed tomorrow. This will still affect the wedding industry for like a minimum of two years. Like it's going to change the industry for years what's happened. So it is such a weird time to be like figuring out how to deal and work with events. Um, but I wanted to ask you while you were kind of on the topic of your daughter and all of these things. So you obviously, you mentioned you started your business just a few months after miscarrying and then your business has also changed so much and evolved and grown so much while you've had your daughter now. And I would love to know how those have kind of affected your business and maybe what like the biggest lessons you learned from those two things. Cause those are two very important and significant things that have happened to you that have like been so key in the timeline of your business. Yeah. I think when I started my business, um, I mean, when, when I started getting deeper into photography it was definitely like an escape mechanism um, that gave me something to escape like the miscarriage grief because mm -hmm. we also, I mean, it wasn't only that, it was, um, I mean, after my miscarriage, we, we tried for 10 months after that with no luck. Mm -hmm. um, and like that was really hard and, and I had to make a really hard decision at the end of 2016 where I was like I cannot put myself through this anymore I I just I need a break to like feel like myself again because I was just so broken from the grief of the miscarriage and just like not being able to get pregnant month over month it was yeah. so difficult and then um and then literally two weeks after I decided to just like focus on myself and give myself some space and some grace, which I hate when I say that because it rhymes so like corny. I love but, it though. But... I love a good catchphrase. <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping that. Give yourself space and give yourself grace. I think that's great. <laughs> um, but it was literally like two weeks and I booked three weddings. I had never shot a wedding in my life. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's incredible. Like three. That's insane. Three, I booked three in a week. 
And I just was like, okay, like, this is a thing that is happening. This is a thing that like, I have now proven that I can do. And I was so excited. Um, I had booked a couple of engagement sessions off of Instagram in December, but I was like, weddings, like, man, like, this is where I really want to you know, try it out. And I literally, I had assisted a film photographer for like four hours in like November. And that's literally besides like getting married myself, I had never photographed a wedding. Um, but I think like what made me feel confident enough to, and I also, I booked my first weddings at 2,500. Which, which is, is ballsy. Ballsy. <laughs> like that is, oh my gosh, stunning, phenomenal, incredible. I'm literally just thinking of that Lady Gaga <laughs> meme where she's just listing <laughs> off things. Like that is so much for a first wedding. Like everyone I yeah. know, including myself, was like a couple hundred dollars. It was, and the reason, first, I am someone who is very bold, but I also, I knew I was confident in myself that I was going to do the work between then and June, which was, which was like between January and June. I was like, I had the confidence. I mean, I planned and ran events for years, um, Mm -hmm. like big time national press day events. So I knew that I could like run a timeline. I knew that I performed very well under the stress of an event day. And then I knew that I was going to like just go all in on learning how to use my camera and learning how to use light, learning how to edit photos. I, I think I re-edited my first wedding like the minimum of six times. Did Love you do it. that too? Yes. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I feel like that first wedding, you're just like, what am I doing? Like we need to perfect this beyond perfection. Like, yeah, I worked so hard on my, I mean, I'd like to think I worked so hard on all my weddings, but that first wedding, you're just kind of like a ball of stress. Oh my gosh. It was so stressful. And the other thing was, is like with that first couple, I was so terrified. I sent them their gallery. I did not hear from them Eden for like three months. And I thought that like, oh my gosh, I thought that like they were telling all their friends how terrible I was. Like, anyway, I got an email like literally on their three month anniversary. It was like a literal five paragraph essay on how happy they were with like everything. And I just like, um, but yeah, so that, I mean, and then I learned to, if someone doesn't respond to like follow up and just say, Hey, (laughs) and not be afraid. (laughs) What do you, what did you think? No, I love that. Um, so I'd love to know through all the like growth and changes and like continual progression, I'm like a broken record. I just like want to hype, like, I just hype you every time I start talking about you. Cause I just think you're so cool and incredible, but like through all these big changes and like progressions that you've made in your business, what has been your favorite thing to see? What has been like your best? that some of your best moments in your business, like the most rewarding or the most like, holy shit, I actually did that. Like, I'd love to know when you have been the most excited about your business. Oh my gosh. I think I'm pro- I would probably cry. Um, that's okay. I cried on my episode. I think I'll probably cry on this podcast a lot, to be honest. Um, gosh, there has been I think like always, always the most rewarding thing for me about being a wedding photographer and even being a coach is just like hearing the impact um, that photos can have um, mm-hmm. or like just, you know, helping someone see something. And this, this totally goes for like, this is kind of like my total mission statement when it comes to photography, education, coaching, like I always just want to help people and like provide them the light that they need to see their own beauty. Um, I love that. So like my favorite things are like my couples who are like, and I'm sure you're like this too, like where it's like, we're terrible in front of the camera and we're awkward and we hate having our photo taken. And then you get like the best like texts or emails where they're like, honestly, like the best thing from engagement sessions is when I hear from grooms and they're like, that was like a hundred times more fun than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be an hour of torture. (laughs) When grooms, (laughs) when grooms say that to you, honestly, it is like Christmas morning. Like, I think that is one of my like favorite things in life in general is a groom that had a good time (laughs) like in a session with me. 
And then also like, I've also had a couple of, first of all, like, I don't know if you've had this too, but I have like moms of brides or grooms who like, like every single one of my Instagram posts, they like every single photo I ever post of my daughter. Mm -hmm. They are like some of my biggest fans. And I also just like, I love like the family vibes. Like when I can like get to know couples and their families. And I also love when like um, I've had a few moms who, after I send like the engagement session, sneak peek or the gallery, they're like, you just did such a great job. Like they're such a great couple. And I'm like, this is like the best. Like, I can't wait to do this when my daughter is that age, but like, I love that. Um, and then I think like my, my most, like, I don't want to say important. Um, I think my most, what is it? I think when I've felt the most value ever with a client is I had a bride whose mom was sick Mm. and I photographed her wedding. Um, I sent sneak peeks this morning after, like I always do. Um, And her mom died the day after. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. So for me, like, she got to see her daughter happy and married. And it's like a hundred times more emotional as a mom. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, don't be sorry. I have a similar photography story like this that I literally can't even talk about it without sobbing. Mm -hmm. But that was just like, it was so meaningful. And it just reminded me like how important photos are. Because, like, we don't have forever. And so, like, with that said, too, like, that is something that really inspired me in my business, too. Um, One of the things that I include in my wedding questionnaire is, is, like, okay, besides, like, the obvious people in your life, siblings, parents, grandparents, like, who are the people that are the most special to you, like, I want you to write them down because I'm going to ask you the day of to point them out to me so that then I have like this eagle eye for them. So Mm -hmm. whenever they're talking to you, like my, my lens is just going to go straight for them because I just, I want to pay attention to that stuff. Like I want to know from my client's perspective, like who their closest relationships are so that I can just have an eye for that. Um, And, you know, I think, photography is like so much more like emotional for me than coaching. Like coaching is so fun and I love getting people results and I just like love getting hyped for other businesswomen and empowering them to like live their best life. Like that's awesome. But I just think like photography will always be such like a heart space for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like I could probably go on for like ever and ever about how much I love my businesses. And I also love like half of my 2018 brides got pregnant and had babies this year. Oh, I love that. And they all came back to me for like maternity and newborn photos, which is just like the dream. It's so, it's the best. Oh, the literal dream. Yeah. I, I love all of that because I do think sometimes, and I even get in this headspace where I'm like, well, I'm just a wedding photographer. Like, I'm not a surgeon and I'm not like a firefighter. Like, I'm like, I'm not saving people's lives. Like, it's just a job. <laughs> and, but I had an experience kind of similar tears with a very emotional and like, um, yeah, just a very intense wedding situation where the bride got um, severely injured and like in a coma and just like a week after her wedding. And it oh just, God. yeah, it, forever changed I'll like oh my gosh I'm gonna cry just even thinking about it It makes me cry every time I talk about it but it forever changed the way I look at my career and the way that I look at our jobs like yes we may not be firefighters or surgeons but like we are literally preserving memories that people will never get to relive and it's such a significant beautiful moment in time and I I find it so awe-inspiring on wedding days. I'm sure you're the same where there's just moments all day where I'm like, I cannot believe that I am even getting to witness this, like let alone be the person that preserves this for these people. 
Oh my gosh, it's the best. And it's just so fun. Like every time I tell someone I'm a wedding photographer, they're like, that sounds like a fun job. And I'm like, it really is. Oh yeah. I love telling people, I almost get like uncomfy telling people how much I love my job because I'm like, I'm so sorry if you don't love your job, but I'm obsessed with my job. Like I love it so much. Um, Okay. I have one last question for you though, because I'm not a mom, so I don't get that wrong, but you said something about how like these stories are sometimes more impactful now that you are a mom. And Mm. do you feel like being a mom specifically like to your cute cute old daughter she is so adorable um crazy and funny she's so fun I love watching all about her (laughs) um have do you feel like that's changed the way that you approach your business like in all regards having that motherly role and connection yes I think um in in two ways so in in photography um it just like deepened the way that I see and want to like experience connection with my clients. Um, it especially obviously changed the way that I photograph parents on wedding mm-hmm. days. Um, and I think like when you become a mom, you just notice when you become a mom, I was thinking about this the other day. It's like you get like softer and stronger at the same time. Mm, I and love so, that. So I think that my f- motherhood has impacted my my eye for photography in the sense where I just l- I'm just always looking for tenderness, um, and my eye is just always going for like something like more tender and softer. Um, And I also like, you know, like I wasn't super into maternity photos or like taking maternity photos. I didn't even really like, I wasn't like really super excited to get maternity photos when I was pregnant, but now I have such a passion for it. And I basically like harass people into getting maternity photos just because like, I know what it's like on the other side. (laughs) Yeah. And like how happy I am that I, that I finally decided to get them like super last minute. because again, it just goes back to the same thing. Like it's just a moment in time that you won't have ever again. And like when your your kid, like I always ask my mom to see photos of her pregnant with me. Like your kid is going to want to see photos of you pregnant. So I think like I've just I have loved adding maternity to my photography portfolio because I and I also like pregnancy is freaking hard. Um, oh, I have such an admiration for moms for from beginning to end, like from pregnancy to birth to rape. Like you guys are such badasses. I literally cannot even wrap my brain around it. <laughs> um, thank you. And it is like I think, and I think it's harder for some people. And I think when you're in pregnancy, like all you can think about is how hard it can be, and you and you don't take a minute to like step outside and realize like how freaking incredible and magical and wonderful and beautiful it is to like literally create a human inside of you it is mind blowing. It sounds mind blowing now when you actually do it yourself. It's just like every day gets more insanely mind blowingly like magical. And it's also hard. It's definitely not easy, but I do think mm-hmm. that when, especially for people who are having a harder time with their pregnancies, feeling sick, it's really easy to like miss the magic. And so for just like 45 minutes to an hour to treat yourself to feeling the magic, have someone photograph it. Um, and then you can go back to like, whatever your pregnant heart wants, you can lay on the couch and be miserable. You can be happy and go for a run, whatever. But I think like, you know, that's, taking that time to, and I also, you know, getting photos with your kids. I used to not be great at family sessions. Now I'm like obsessed. Um, especially cause I just know what photos mean to a mom. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't even imagine how much that changes yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I used to like get so stressed with family sessions, especially when I did like mini sessions, but now I just like, I love them and I love toddlers are like so hilarious and crazy, but like, I love movement. So 
I've always loved photographing like fast moving stuff. So that's kind of like, and toddlers are very fast moving. So <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Um, no, I love that. I think all of that is so incredible. And so to kind of like wrap things up, I'd love to know two questions. So the first one would be as you, cause I love, I love that you started your business not that I love that you had that loss, but I love that you were able to channel that loss really? into yeah. creating something beautiful. And if you could like go back and give yourself any advice during that time, what would it have been? Oh gosh, always. Um, and this is the same advice that I always give to women who I know who have gone through miscarriage is like, just be so kind and gentle to yourself. Um, I wish, and I had a really great doctor. Um, I think some people have really tough doctors when it comes to miscarriage because mm -hmm. it happens so often. Um, but what really started to change my thinking is, um, when we went to go start trying again, I went back to the doctor to just make sure everything was okay. And I was like, you know, like, what can we do? <clears throat> what can we do to prevent this? And she was like, it's not your fault. You didn't do anything to make that happen. So I think like, um, I wish I could have told myself that sooner and just mm -hmm. to just be like kind and gentle to yourself in I any kind of grief experience. I like, and the other thing is, is like what I tell people in my life who like have gone through bad breakups, it's like, you are allowed to be sad. You're allowed to feel your feelings. Like feeling your feelings is very healthy, whether you're mad or sad or indifferent, whatever it is, just like let yourself feel your feelings because otherwise they get trapped somewhere yeah. else in your body Absolutely. for you to deal with later. And I just think that like people are so quick to be like, I should be over this by now. Or like, I have, you know, a roof over my head and food, so I should be happy. And it's just like, you're, all your feelings are valid and you're totally allowed to feel all of them. Mm -hmm. No, I love that. I, one of the things I always try to like tell myself and also anyone else is like, all you can do is your best. And mm -hmm. that doesn't mean like the best you've ever been capable of, because there are times in my life where my best is really good. And then there's times in mm -hmm. my life where my best is like, let's get out of bed. Let's take core out and we eat food today. Like, and maybe that's the best I can do. Yep. And I think it's so, like you said, so important to just let yourself feel all the things and be okay that sometimes it's not okay. And all you can do is like the best that you're capable of that day or hour or 15 minutes, <laughs> whatever, it, whatever the time periods are that you're having to make yourself work through. But I love that. I think that's such good advice. Yeah. I just, it's funny. I had another, I was on another podcast this morning and we talked about, I saw this post, I'm going to pull it up. Um, and it talked about toxic positivity. Um, and that is like, kind of, I'm kind of like in a space where like, um, where's the post? Let me find it. Sorry. No, you're okay. I, so it's on female collective. I have nothing positive to say today and that is okay. <laughs> I love that. And I just, I saw it and I was just like, I have been feeling like I've been forcing myself to stay positive and like be joyful and just like pretend that everything's okay. And I just kind of loved, I loved that post when I saw it yesterday or the day before. And I was just like, you know what? No, like, it's just, it's fine to just like not have anything positive to say today. And, um, this idea of like toxic positivity is like something I'm like just exploring in my own head where I like, I have totally been guilty of, you know, just, I don't know, like putting on an Instagram post that I've had planned, even though I'm really miserable on the mm -hmm. inside. Um, that's just not real. Um, and so it's just like putting on a show, which I'm, I've totally been guilty of. And so I just like, that is like a thing that I'm kind of like 
my brain is noodling on and marinating on at the moment. Yeah. No, I love that. And I think that in the days of social media, it feels Mm -hmm. so much like we need to do that. I know that when I was in like the thick of my divorce, especially because that was like the time that my like outward grief was the most outward, like where Mm -hmm. I literally just couldn't even hide it because it was like things were happening. Um, It was so hard to show up for my business in a way that felt genuine because it felt like I had to perform in a way that I just was not even capable of. It was, I was barely, you know, I got divorced in like the middle of my busy season. So I was already just like doing my dang best (laughs) to like make things work. So when it came to social media, I was so drained. Um, And I think that obviously there's like a line with professionalism and being transparent and being open Mm -hmm. with your audience. But I think we live in a really cool time where like people love, I hate the word authenticity. So maybe I won't, cause I feel like it's been <laughs> just wrecked, but like people love seeing genuine reactions and genuine engagement and like genuine life from the people that they follow. And not that that means that we like always have to get on and tell everyone everything that's happening. But I think there's something really beautiful about acknowledging like, Hey, I have a really good life and a really good business, but today's not great. Like, and that's okay. Like if I don't have positive things to say today, then I don't need to say them for no reason. Like I'm just, yeah, I think everyone's just a human and they're just doing their best. And I think it's really cool to normalize that sometimes we just don't have positive things to say today. Yeah. And like, I put up a post like a couple of weeks ago where like, um, I think it was last week where I was supposed to do this whole content, which is now like happening this week, but I was supposed to do all this content promoting my like new service that I have. And I just like, couldn't, I had to like take a mental health week. Cause I like, I had to buy a new car with a toddler, which is like the most ridiculous first world problem I've ever said out loud. But it was like, we don't have childcare. So it's like, you know, like this person, we have to, like, this person has to stay home with her, but also work and we're trading off. Then we had to bring her there. And I was just like, forget it. Like, I'm just going to basically like be super real and be like, you know what? Like I just need to take a breather and remind myself that I'm a mom. I run two businesses. I'm doing the best that I can. And it just like, it did so well. And I think people, yeah, people love that because I think it makes you feel less alone. Like I know I love seeing other people do that. And I had a post similar the other day where I just, my mental health that day was just not great. Um, I was processing a lot of different things. I think I may have had therapy that, you know, it was just a day where I was like, you know what? I had a to-do list like the size Mm -hmm. of the Bible today, but it's just not (laughs) happening. Like it's just not going to happen like in no world. And I posted about it on my Instagram and was just like, you know what? It's just a mental health day. Like I'm taking a break. And if you need a permission slip to take a break today too, like this is it. And I got a lot of responses of people like, you know what? I actually needed this today. Like I just need a mental health day. And I think it's, I think we need to normalize the fact that like you're, I mean, we all become entrepreneurs to like be our own boss so that we don't have to report to someone and we don't have to like work all the time. But then for some reason we're like, no, we should work all the time. Like we're our own worst nightmare boss sometimes. Like, oh my gosh, we're just like, we're just like, no, you need to be working 24 seven. When in reality, I'm like, oh my gosh, wait, this is why I became an entrepreneur so that if my mental health is poor or I'm tired, I can take a break and that's okay. It's so funny. You said that I'm like having a flashback to when I did the Instagram course because I created, did all the marketing, launched that course in quarantine when I had no childcare. And I remember like running around being like, oh my God, I like have to get this done tonight. And like, I just, I'm so tired. And my husband looked at me and he was like, you know, you can change the deadline. Right. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. I run this shit. I I love that. (laughs) I was just like, oh my God, you're right. But like, I think when you, when you own your own business and you love it so much and um, you know, I am extremely self-motivated. And so if I make a deadline for myself, like I commit to it. Um, but I think like, it's, it's easy for me to 
forget that like I am my own boss and like I can change the deadline if I want to change the deadline which is like and to give myself grace for that especially in a time of like global pandemic no child care craziness it was just like um such like a funny moment where I kind of like like went into like matting laughter when he said that because I I love that <laughs> no, it's so true. And I think too, I always have to remind myself as I'm like, okay, I want to hit this deadline because I want to show up for my audience. But like, mm-hmm. do I really want to show up for my audience in a half-assed version of myself? Like, if that's really all I'm capable of right now is being like exhausted, tired, emotionally drained Eden, like, am I gonna be is that version of Eden really like what my audience deserves? Like, probably not. Like it's better to refill your cup and then serve them properly once you've been able to serve yourself. Yeah, 100%. Well, I love that. I love that thought for sure. Okay. Well, I would love to know, we're ending every podcast episode by asking what the best piece of advice is that you've ever received. And it doesn't have to be specific to what we've just learned. It can be nonsense. It can be related to business, whatever, but whatever pops into your mind, just like the best piece of advice you've received that's really stuck with you. It's so I saw this question and was agonizing over it. And then (laughs) after um, I had another podcast interview today and we just like naturally went into this conversation. So I think for me, the best advice I have heard that I am following with myself now is that it's never too late to change your mind. I love that. Ooh, I love that. I feel like that applies to so many things. So That's much. just a good, sweet, like solid nugget of advice. <laughs> I love that. Okay. So I, for everyone that's listening, for everyone that wants to follow you on your incredible adventures and business um, opportunity, all the things that you do, where can they find you? I am at, on Instagram, I am at Casey Crow Taylor, Crow with an E, like Russell, not Cheryl. Love that. <laughs> and then CaseyCrowTaylor.com is my, that's my hub. That's my main hub. You can get to like my coaching there. You can get to my blog posts, which are about to like go bananas. I'm so excited. And um, my photography site is all there now too. Yay. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Casey, for being on the podcast. I always just love chatting with you. So thank you so much for being here. Same. Thank you. This was so fun. Okay. Thank you all as well for being here and listening to this episode. You can find all of Casey's information in the show notes as well. And we will see you guys next time. Mm